Um, hey guys, welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You. We have cabin fever so bad, all three of us in our respective homes. If you cannot tell, um, this is the first episode we are recording since, uh, since COVID has come to dominate everyone. Guys, I even got a succulent plant and I named him COVID. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. I was about to say, why are you humanizing it? And then I was like, she's not. She's plantizing it. <laughs> she's like vegetizing it. Vegetized. I wish we could vegetize it. I'm going to paint this town fucking red once I can leave if the house. We could, if we could vegetize <laughs> this illness, then we'd be in great shape. All you'd have to do is give it to me and tell me to keep it alive for two weeks. But Mary Kay, that's a good point. Like, can you imagine the first, like, Friday night once, like, this is oh, all it's gonna over. Be freak-nick. It's gonna, it's gonna be freaknik. It's gonna be a mob. You will I will stay inside for another good weekend. You won't catch me out. You there know, I would that. normally be like, no way. But this time, I'm gonna be right up there. I'm gonna be on a float wearing just buck naked with some glitter and some wings. I can already tell. But I will have gained like thirty pounds because there's nothing to do here but eat and read. I try to exercise in the house, but then I get down on the floor, and then I realize I have to clean the floor. Anyway. Also, the home is like a place for comfort and relaxing, not a place for <clears throat> exercise. I can't exercise at home, the same place where I <laughs> wear the same sweatpants every day. and Exactly. <laughs> no. Nobody wants to do that. That's like having sex in your parents' bedroom. No. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I so agree with movie. them. For our first episode, after we've all been locked in our respective homes for weeks, um, we thought we'd talk about another freaky um, mind melt locked in situation. So we will be uh, discussing Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon's. I didn't realize that he'd written this as well. Cabin in the Woods, which is one of my new favorite things that we've watched. Like, what the fuck did I just see? I still can't believe you haven't seen it before. I didn't watch horror movies before I started doing this podcast. I keep forgetting that. It's only almost a horror movie. Yeah. Kind of like it's Battle. It's kind of. I mean, kind of like Bad Times at the El Royale is like almost a crime drama. It's like a it's like a meta horror where like it the is. commentary is the horror. Like it's almost like an action movie in which a horror movie takes place. Yes, it, Drew Goddard really loves some conspiracy slash meta narrative. I like it. It's mm-hmm. fun. It definitely keeps me I think, guessing. I wonder, like, what would he do if you took away two-way mirrors? Could he function? I was being like, oh, this is a thing for him. He likes these. He like them. Yeah, so don't date him, <laughs> anybody. <laughs> scary, scary stuff yeah. there. Beware the mirrors. Um, do you guys, when you go into, a, like, a bathroom, especially, like, a single bathroom... In a bar, do you ever, like, check to make sure that it's not, like, make sure it's, like, a real mirror? Do you ever, like, smash it with your fist or your high heel shoe? No. No, I've never done any of that. Me neither. I've usually got an agenda by the time I get into a bar bathroom. Either I need to make best friends with every woman in there, or I need to... You guys don't check to make sure, like, if it's, like, a single person bathroom? Like, if there's a mirror, you don't check to make sure it's not, like, a... Not a two-way mirror? Now I will. Am I just like a paranoid freak? Am I like so clear someone out there does that too? Yeah. I'm not the only one. No. 
No, listeners, make sure that you send us a communication to indicate that she is, in fact, the only person doing this. Let's really ratchet up the paranoia. That's a healthy thing to do at this point in I know, history. right? I need more paranoia. That's what I need. More That's what of. I'm missing. That's what I'm missing in my life. Yeah. What's our icebreaker? But first of all, if you guys haven't seen the movie, there is plenty to spoil as we go, and we will do that. So please go check it out. It's on Amazon Prime as of this recording date, and um, it's a lot of fun and even if you're not if you have friends or family trapped in with you who aren't horror people um they might actually enjoy it too because it's really funny and as we said there's it is really funny can i just tell you right quick when kurt hit Mm -hmm. that force field wall i lost (laughs) my shit i was like my face the moment i the moment i really fell out was when uh it was when Bradley Whitford was like, tequila is my lady. And I was like, what? <laughs> like in the middle of this really somber reflection on what a horrible thing that they, they were doing to keep the world running. Just start screaming the word tequila. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really funny. It's a lot of fun. Um, but in, uh, uh, in the premise, right, these um, kind of, I don't know, men in black government operative style agents are running a simulation to uh, force human sacrifices. And they use the uh, circumstances of classic horror setups, classic horror tropes. In this case, the kids go to the cabin for the weekend and are picked off one by one. We also see like in Japan, it's a bunch of schoolgirls trapped in a classroom which I really thought was going to go Battle Royale. They went Ringu with it. Either way, excellent choice. <laughs> I so, love that. It was so sweet <laughs> yeah, and so like, disturbing. And this frog. I, I really thought the girls were going to smash the frog. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but basically there's a, they, they work from a set of, from a kind of a, a list a rotating list of circumstances that they could employ. And within each of those circumstances, there's then a list of potential monsters. And the participants in each sacrifice actually kind of pick the monsters for themselves and, and without realizing it. So my question is, what classic horror situation would you most hate to be trapped in? Situation being both of the circumstance and the monster. So I'll go first. This is Mary Kay. Mine are separate. They can't work together. Mm. Hmm. I don't think. I will take that as a challenge. I'm very excited about this. Okay. I mean, they can work together, but then it wouldn't be scary. It would just be okay. like a weird sort of farcical type thing. That sounds which, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking plane crash survival situation. Ooh, okay. Okay. Is an absolute nightmare for me. But like like in an abandoned island kind of, like like desert island kind of thing yeah like or a like, castaway yeah, yeah. type thing right okay gotcha gotcha um, and uh, I really don't like the idea of being watched like being surveilled mm-hmm. see those two can't go together they could it would be like a Truman show except about you being a castaway oh that's fucked up where it's kind of like Survivor except you don't know you're playing ew I'm a sim. <laughs> I've been playing so Lab much ganoush. I, I did text Mary Kay one night at like four in the morning. They said, Flarbaganoo, bitch. 
That's, that was the whole text. I woke up and started laughing immediately, which is really hard for me because, as you all know, the first cup of coffee is a failure, and you're go- you die, and then your ghost brews the second pot for you, and then you haunt mm-hmm. the rest of the day. Yeah. So that's something if you can get me to laugh first thing in the morning. So, yeah. I've been playing a lot of Sims. I'm determined to finally have like a multi-generational family where I don't just like get bored and start a new one. Ooh, how many generations? Well, two so far. We haven't been locked down that long. Oh. Y'all, y'all Sims don't procreate enough. I was like, I'm going to see how many babies I can have. No, I don't like dealing with the children very much. They're not fun on the Sims. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so you're... Nightmare scenario would be that you're actually being watched, but you believe you have been abandoned on an island. Mm-hmm. Cool. Would you write an ostrich like in Swiss Family Robinson? I mean, I guess. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ostriches. So, mine is... Hmm. I kind of want to say that my nightmare, like circumstance would be like a drift at sea because normally I would love that but if I didn't like actually have like I don't know how I would survive that if I actually didn't have supplies and stuff okay and then just about but I I guess it's that I guess it's that then what 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 is the monster what's the situation that I am adrift at sea oh okay you like you like froze so I think we didn't Oh, oh. I was like, why won't she tell us? <laughs> oh, no, I said adrift at sea. Like, like it should be a beautiful cruise, but instead I don't have enough supplies and I don't have any, I don't know how to navigate and I have no means of getting anywhere. And in that circumstance, the monster that I think would, I think this would probably be funny too, but I would hate it would be like I don't, I don't like dolls, man. I don't like inanimate. <laughs> just you and a doll on a life raft. Yeah, and the doll is the only one who knows how to navigate. But I can't <laughs> interact with the doll because it upsets me so much. <laughs> the doll has it, a compass for a face. After the midpoint, <laughs> after the midpoint, it kind of becomes like a buddy comedy. What are like, those? What are those? The doll is trying called? to navigate the huh? Which ones? The what ones. Dolls? They're not Barbie. It was like before our time and they were like collectors dolls because my mom has a shit ton and they they have a name but like but they're like barbie in the way that they have like different styles anything you can think of but they're like this like these plastic dolls they're called like a jean doll or something i don't know hold on i'm gonna text my mama y'all keep y'all keep going i'm gonna text my mama Because she has yeah, a whole so thing like, of them, and Mary, you would not like this closet of dolls <laughs> of this particular brand. So. Get your mom to send us a picture so we can post it on our Instagram. Oh, good I idea. think that it would be like, yeah, so like if the doll actually knew how to navigate and could keep me alive, but the doll wanted to kill me, so I have to just like keep <laughs> outrunning the doll, but I can't kill it, because if I kill it, then I'm never getting out of this. Okay. I can either die by the doll's hand or die at the hand of the ocean of mighty King Poseidon. That's my nightmare scenario. Okay. Is having to is having to go on a cruise <laughs> with a doll. <laughs> Rachel, did you think of one? Yeah, I did. Can we hear it? Yes, ma'am. So, mine situation is I feel like it, I feel like I'm in it to be completely totally honest with you. 
Um, only without the zombies. I feel like the situation is the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You're hunkered down. You're staying away from everybody. Yeah, this is a waking nightmare. Um, I was just not saying this one because <laughs> I don't. Right. Know, I was trying to think about. But with else. zombies being the right. monster. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And the situation is more problematic when you are stuck with somebody who is a friend of the male gender who is now wanting to be somewhat like romantically or sexually involved with you and you're like Mm-mm. not mm. happening even if you're the last person on earth no that sounds terrible. Surviving the apocalypse with somebody you don't want to bang, but but he keeps trying to convince you that you do. Uh, and I feel like that, that is, is happening so now no. to me without the fucking zombies. And I wish no. the zombies would fucking come and put me out of my misery. Oh, Thanks. No, Rachel. I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's because <laughs> of the way you said it. It's not funny at all. That sounds like the worst thing in the world. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I remember when I was, like, in middle school, a close friend in, like, my circle. His name was Brandon at the time. Well, his name still is Brandon, I assume. (laughs) I was like, what happened? (laughs) We we went to the movies together because we were friends. But then, like, he told me this, like, story right before we went into the movie that he was, like, basically in love with me. And the whole time I'm watching the screen I could see in my peripheral that he's just like <laughs> leaning forward <laughs> staring at me trying to catch my eyes so I would look at him and I feel like I'm reliving that moment every day during this isolation with this friend of mine yikes that's so terrible I'm going to lie. Next time he wants to, like, try and do this social isolation thing together, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lie. I'm going to say I'm sick. I'm like, I got it. I got, co- cold. <laughs> I got COVID-19. Don't come here. You do. You have your plan. See, then I'm not lying. I got COVID. Go. Perfect. Thank you, Mary Kay. You're welcome. Anytime I can make believe. I'm terrible at lying, but great at make believe. <laughs> Catherine in the Woods, is it scary? I think yes, because... When you think about it. Yeah, in concept, it is sort of like what Rachel said. It is very much what we are living. Because this one woman has to do one thing to save all of humankind. And she's like, nah. I don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. So we yep. are all put at hazard because of one selfish person, which I feel like is what's happening. Because people won't stay the fucking side. Just go home and sit down. And nobody is telling you, like, nobody is telling you, like, go to your home and starve to death. Nobody's telling you, like, if your job is still functioning, don't go to it. Nobody is telling you, like, abandon your children and pets to the, the wastes, to, to the, the elements. Just leave them out in the yard forever. Like, that's not what's happening. If you need to run to the grocery store, like, go to... The, yeah. Go. Right. Try and go. Stay away from people. Wash up a lot. Keep your distance. Be respectful of other people who are trying to do the same thing. Like, just right. be it's reasonable. Be a reasonable basic, human being. Yes. And if you do not absolutely have to go out to function, don't do yeah. it. Right. If you okay. have stuff to eat, you have stuff to drink. That's all you have to do is sit on your ass. It's great. Say, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, as you can hear from us, you know, going to this, it's not entirely great. But also, it's not like we're not fighting. We're not like going to war and bayoneting someone to death in a trench. Hmm. So we're like well, we're watching that in perspective. It's not that much. Okay, but watch back to Netflix. the movie. I'm sorry. This is all I ever think about. Um, back to the movie. I do think it's scary because. Yeah, it's silly, and this is not a thing that is real, but that is totally the way that humans would react mm-hmm. in a survival situation. It's like, no, my morality won't let me. And it's the trolley situation, right, that Chidi talks about? Right, right. Where it's like, do you want to save one person that you know or literally everyone else? In the entire world. In the entire world. Including other people you care about. Yeah. So I think that part is scary, and I also think it's scary that when Sigourney Weaver, surprise, shows up, which was a damn delight. That was awesome. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, so they believe her. They're not even like, no, this is bullshit. Don't talk to me. They mm-hmm. they buy it, and they're still like, no, thank you. Right. Yeah, that's like so, the opposite of Cloverfield Lane. It's like, <laughs> oh, this crazy thing you're talking about? These old gods, sure, got it on board, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean t- who the, doesn't have a familiarity with and a healthy respect for the Titans of old? Um, I that's mean, a quote. That's a quote. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what's the nerdy kid's name? Marty Stoner. Yes, Marty. Marty from from the jump is saying puppeteers, and then mm-hmm. when he is vindicated. He's like, I knew it. Carry on as usual. What? Like, you went through all of this trouble to save this girl just to have her die alongside everyone else. Like, don't, that doesn't make any sense. Like, anyway, so So I think that part is scary because we're seeing that shit play out right now. Because you mentioned Marty and we're talking about things that, parts of the movie that are scary to me. When we're not thinking about, like, taking a step back, but actually parts of the movie that scared you, was funny enough when they were, like, having their party the first night in the cabin, and Marty is smoking a shit ton of weed, and then Jules, Julia, is it Julia or Jules? Jules? Whatever. They usually call her Jules, I think. She started, like, flirting with him. And I started freaking out because I empathize way too much. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm imagining myself being way too high and then somebody <laughs> doing that. And I'm not able to tell if they're joking or not. And then I'm just having a panic attack. And that, was, for me, was like the most <laughs> scary part of the movie. I was like, if I were Marty, I'd be freaking the fuck out so high having a panic attack. <laughs> I love that actress who plays Jules. She delivers such a compelling performance of such a dumb character. Like, that character is stupid, and I believed it on her. Well, also, she's not. Yeah. No, but when she goes stupid, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Yeah, that, that's what I, I really enjoyed that, that they were, like, here, and, like, all of these, like, classic horror things, right? Like, Yeah, but I don't believe it when it other actresses do it. That's the thing. Oh, I it's see, like I see. this is stupid, and like when we when we did Halloween, like the friend I can't remember her name, the one with the dark hair. 
I was mm-hmm. like, this, this is stupid. She's not believing anything she's saying. Like, I don't understand. But this one, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is a change. And same yeah. with um, Hemsworth, Kurt. When he's Kurt. like, oh, this book is not the one that he basically wrote. So this book on sociology will impress that professor you want to fuck. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. I thought it was cool. I thought there were great performances all around. Mm-hmm. It's really well cast. Everyone just like shows up and has a really good time. Um, can we talk a little bit about the cast in the lab? Because yes. Just, oh my god! Please, amazing. I, I, I have been in love with Bradley Whitford for like twenty years now. Every so, time he shows up, I'm just yes, so happy. So happy. Wasn't he? The dad in Get Out? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? He's Jake's dad? Yes, he is. Okay, what's the other big thing I'm missing here? Um, Step Brothers. Okay. He's, uh, yeah, so he, I fell in love with him in the West Wing. Okay. But I know, I don't think that that's, that's something not, you've, yeah. you've really watched to my understanding. Um, but yeah, just talk again about like Henry's people tale. just coming. That's the other one I was thinking oh, of. yeah. yeah. Yeah, talk about just, like, committing wholeheartedly to something that, like... Wait, we're talking about the bald guy, right? It would not have... I was talking about the other guy. Me too. Um... Oh! I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Mary Kay, when you said Handmaid's Tale, I'm like, that bald dude ain't in Handmaid's Tale. And <laughs> no, I was like, he's I... the architect. He's oh, the you're one talking who designed about that it. Guy. I thought you were talking about the funny bald dude that's in Step Brothers. The dad Mm-mm. dude. Oh, Okay. So the one you, who's obsessed think, with the merman. Yeah, Bradley Whitford is obsessed with the merman. Richard Jenkins is the one who lives longer, survives a little bit longer than the merman. Okay. Did not like that merman. Oh my goodness. I thought they did a really fun, they had a good balance of like uh, jump scares in there. Like there were definitely moments that I like, oh shit it. Like, yeah. like I didn't <laughs> right. expect something to happen. Something popped up out of nowhere. Uh, there were some shots that I was like, oh, this is really good. You're really ratcheting it up here. This is awesome. So, Like, the, it's an homage to The Shining, but when all of the elevators open and all of the horrors come out at the same time, <laughs> that, that was, was cool. so funny. And also, I was, like, trying to watch for each individual monster. And yeah, being me like, too. I kept oh, rewinding. God. Yeah, there were so mm-hmm. many. It was really mm-hmm. great. There were, I, I feel like I may have, we may be a little out of order on the outline today. Yeah. Because what I feel like we're starting to lean into is actually some of the story elements, like what is making it work. Okay. And what's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for example, like like this this frame story, like the uh, the choices in the storytelling, the production elements themselves, right? Yeah. Like one of the shots that to me was like fun. It was like a very satisfying shot. It was also beautiful and just so well executed. And reminded me a lot of, like, the kind of stuff we talked about Sam Raimi doing mm-hmm. in the Evil Dead movies, right? Yeah. Was that shot where Marty is peeing outside? Yeah. And you can see, well, they're not deadites. What did he call them? Like, the the zombie... Zombie hillbillies? Zombified. Yeah, the zombified, like, pain-worshipping hillbillies or something. Redneck um, hill- just, Yeah, it was, like, a yeah. long... <laughs> it was long, yeah. <laughs> Qualified. But uh, then they, um, and she came in and out of shadow so that we could see her. But when he turned around, she had stepped into a shadow and she was gone. 
<laughs> and she moved. Then as soon as he turned around, we could see her again. And we could see her getting closer. And she's moving so slowly. And even though it was funny on the one hand, I, I definitely was like screaming at the TV, like, turn around! Oh my God! <laughs> she's right behind you! I felt that way when they're coming into the cabin with the saws. Like, we had... The saw, like, move in front of the camera and see all of its teeth, like, out of line. I thought that was really cool. Like, I don't know how you could hold the camera so, in such a way that the shot focused the way that you want it to. There are some, there are some really beautiful moments with deep focus here. Yeah. The thing that you're noticing is not the thing in the foreground of the shot. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really beautifully done like you can see um having seen uh bad times already and then like stepping back to his first mm-hmm. directorial project it's well, interesting to see his like first feature film but he had mm-hmm. directed several other i think episodes is... buffy and yeah okay. yeah he and joss whedon worked together on buffy they both had projects go under in a kind of a quick window of time so they holed up in a hotel room for the weekend and wrote this in three days nice mm-hmm and they wanted someone else to direct it initially, but when they couldn't get someone they wanted, Joss Whedon basically had to be like, okay, I'll let you do it, because he was a much bigger, more recognizable name. I'm glad he did. It turned out really well. Mm-hmm. It did. I mean, he's been fine. He's been making Avengers movies. I'm sure he's, he's good. Joss Whedon doesn't need our help, you know? So yeah, because of the way the frame is set up, it's like there is an explanation for all the same things that happen in every other dumb horror movie. Right. And yeah. an awesome horror movie, let's be real, that yeah. just don't totally make sense. Like, Can I tell you my favorite one? Yes. When Kurt says, no matter what, we have to stay together. And then Bradley Whitford goes, fuck! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the right move. And, and then the girl is like, okay, let's do this. Here's some mist. And then he's like, no, split up. Like immediately. We'll yeah. I We're just going to pump genius. in some bad decision juice. Yep. See where you go with it. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing. Like they say, like we were talking about earlier with Jules, she's not actually a dumb. It's the hair dye. Mm-hmm. It's like infiltrating her brain and making her dumber. So there's a reason for her to behave the way she's behaving in the course of the story. Um, they're pumping in the chemicals or pheromones or whatever is in all these mists to affect their decision making <laughs> they run out to the, like the sex in the woods that's not just them being like young and horny there is a mist in the air that is encouraging them to behave this way and i love the lighting for where they chose the spot where they were gonna bang like oh this is a perfect spot to do the act Hmm. yeah i thought about evil dead a lot oh me this. too oh this is so evil dead yeah, it's, I mean, much of it is a very deliberate homage down to the fact that, I don't know if you guys thought to pause um, during the whiteboard list of monsters they could have picked when they were all taking bets, but one of them was Deadites. Was what? Which is what they call Deadites, which is what they call the undead things oh, in the, the things Evil Dead that series. Oh, the things that aren't dead or, yeah, they're not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's what they're called in the, in the world of Evil Dead, is they're gotcha. Deadites. Okay. Um, and then another one was like angry rapey tree. Oh, <laughs> no, I hate that. I was like, oh, that's 
I mean, I'm sure glad we didn't pick it. <laughs> but... Uh, but someone did a long time ago. Yeah, well, yeah. Was he's, it he's, me? Not really, he's not he's not thrilled with that choice either. <laughs> um so it was so yeah, so there were a number of little moments like when they find a basement. Yeah. They're like, What's down there? I was like, Linda. We started talking about homage to or some inversion of the tropes, like the horror movie bad decisions. Like how we ended we didn't start out with the tropey characters. We started out with a pre-med student and a smart guy who happens to play sports and, you know, a stoner and a shy girl who isn't a virgin. The virgin isn't a virgin. Right. And then she's like, we work with what we have. I know that. As close as we got. She's like, oh, you're not a virgin, you're, but you're boring sexually. Which is <laughs> bit enough, I guess. Um, and so they actually just force the characters into these, into these patterns. We think we have a final girl, and then we don't. Did you guys know it was going to be Marty that survived? No, Mm-mm, no. But I'm so happy because said- I love Marty so much. I know. When I said there was one more, I was like, I honestly don't know which one it's going to be. I am so glad that that hairstyle is not a thing we're trying to make happen. He looks like Shaggy yeah, from no. Scooby-Doo. He's, he's a living Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. I know. It's terrible. You know that when they all go to the lake and everyone else jumps in mm-hmm. and he doesn't? Mm-hmm. They honestly didn't have him get in the water because they didn't want him to take his shirt off because he's too jacked. You're lying. I'm not. He's so buff. They said he looked like a super buff Jesus. You're fucking lying. So they couldn't have him take off. <gasps> oh my God. Because I, I, I was not joking when I said I love him. Like I am like mm-hmm. in love with him. I'm going to stalk him. I'm going to find where he lives because I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was. Too I will show him my teeth collection. And he will fall in love with me and we will have <laughs> little babies. And then you will put your mouth on his mouth. <laughs> And then, you'll have, and then you'll have more teeth once you have the babies. Hopefully. I mean, unless but something the, goes really weird I have weird to say, with like, with, when it comes to the character of Marty, one of the reasons why I love him so much is because I have a real-life Marty. He lives above me, a couple, like, apartments up in this... Mary Kay, you see my house. It's like the Coraline mm-hmm. house. It's a really old 1800s house that's been boarded up weirdly mm-hmm. into apartments. And one of... One of the tenants that lives here, his name is also Marty, and he talks very similar to this Marty because he's very much a stoner. He's like, but he talks in like a different kind of stoner voice. That's like, so you have a package, and like I brought it down to you. Like he talks like, (laughs) like he's constantly high, and then he's always so. We watch him outside. The house, looking up at the house, and just doing this, like, looking up at it, like, confused. <laughs> like, he doesn't know where he is, and he does it all the time. Hey? I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. One time when he moved in, he was so confused. My other neighbor, Leah, was like, are you, are you moving in? He was like, I think so. What? Anyway, oh that's why I oh love my. Marty so much, because he reminds me of my neighbor, Marty. Maybe very... somebody's manipulating his characteristics. Yeah, they're letting off that pheromone mist. 
Got to move. Yeah. Got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's kind of funny, considering you know there's a character Chris Hemsworth plays here. It's kind of funny to consider that this is before he was Chris Hemsworth. Like nobody knew or cared who he was yet because he wasn't Thor yet. In fact, he only became Thor because he made this movie. Really? Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon liked him in this so much. He said when they recorded the scene right before he does the motorcycle jump where he's giving them all the instructions, he was like, that dude's going to be a huge fucking star and that's my Thor. But Joss Whedon wasn't directing Thor. He was directing Avengers. So whoever was directing Thor needed to, you know, pick someone he wanted to work with. So he asked the studio to give Chris, Chris Hemsworth had already auditioned, been denied, and they were considering Liam Hemsworth instead. And he asked them to give him a second shot, and Chris nailed it on the second try. Wow, I did not know that. And then this got delayed for like three years because MGM went bankrupt. So this came out after Thor. You're a wealth of knowledge. You really are. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so that cool. Is so cool. But yeah, I did definitely have that moment. Um, that's something I'd heard was one of the fun things about this was like, yeah, it's cool to see Chris Hemsworth. Now he's done more comedy and more kind of goofy stuff and a little bit more diversity. But for a few years there, he was just like all superheroes all the time. So it was kind of fun to get to see him do something so different. And it's always wonderful to have a hot guy in a movie who is a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was kind of a satisfying thing when he's helpful. That moment where he's like, and you're not wearing pants and just leaves. Speaking of Hemsworth, um, have you guys seen that show everyone's been talking about on Netflix called Love is Blind? I can't do reality TV. I love reality TV. I'm sure some viewers have seen it, but so this, I guess, just to the viewers, if you are are going to rewatch Cabin in the Woods, if you haven't already, he is Barnett. He looks exactly like Barnett, and it was very fun for me to imagine Barnett in this situation. And I'm, that's all I have to say. Nice. People who nice, have seen nice. Love is Blind would understand. I know I can't contribute, so I'm just going to, I'm we'll sorry. We'll move on. Okay. Did, um. Yeah. Yes. Like, I want them to all have their own movie. Yeah. And then when they did all come out of the elevators, I was like, dear God. <laughs> this is not the scenario I was imagining. That was the best part of the movie. It's so great. I loved it's it when the Kraken so just came in and yanked somebody. <laughs> That was great. Um, I, I really, it was, well, there's so much set up and payoff, set up and payoff, set up and payoff, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you have, so for the first half of the movie, like up until about the midpoint, we're doing the classic horror movie, mm-hmm. right? Right. Stereotypical horror movie. And even that has all these mini set up and payoffs within it because we know what to expect from that movie. So when it didn't happen and then they could make it happen anyway. Right. It was satisfying to see how they forced people's hands. Right. And then in the second half of the movie, stuff like when, when they pull back in that shot to reveal all the different monsters in their own elevators, mm-hmm. I thought, oh my God, like all of these are terrifying looking. I wonder what all of them do. Like some of them, their method of terror wasn't like the, like the, the plain white baby face masks. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't like that at all. <laughs> right but i don't know what those are gonna do right i wish i could find out what they do yeah okay five minutes later i will find out exactly what they do yeah they were home invaders they mm-hmm. were very upsetting mm-hmm. i still did not like them Mm-mm. at all um 
So a lot of like just really smart like like earning these moments where we really laughed or we actually jumped or you kind of ooh. That's something really great. Like the hand. Yeah. We see the hand. Oh yeah, that's a zombie hand. It's still scratching around. Yeah. Cool. The hand grabs at Marty and he's like, dude, get off of me. Then the hand grabs somebody else and it actually like changes the game and allows them to survive the elevator. Awesome. Very cool. Can we talk about the overall narrative? And Let's talk about it. What it is supposed to mean? Because the end game, the, the biggest meta narrative, I think, is how we have to start and then kind of <laughs> zoom in. Um, right. So you need sacrifices to appease the old world. The Titans, yes. The Titans. In America, it looks like a traditional horror movie. In Japan, okay, now you, popcorn, Mary. <laughs> like, I, don't, okay. I don't understand what's happening so in the other in each, in e- So the, what the gods needed, what the titans needed to be satisfied, was not just the blood sacrifice, but like the blood of those who have suffered. Okay. And suffering in each culture looks or feels different like what really upsets us differs around the world because what is important to us or what Mm -hmm. is different right so that makes sense okay so in the u.s and all the the one common factor right being that everyone has to be young Mm -hmm. so in the states we get this very tropey one by one picked off and from sluttiest to least slutty kind of scenario Mm -hmm. whereas in japan um we have school children I, I have not seen a ton of Japanese horror. The two I have seen relatively recently are Battle Royale, which is school children. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys ever saw this movie or heard of this movie called Suicide Club. No, but I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Okay. I, I honestly can't even remember it well. Again, children, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember it well enough listeners please do not take this as an endorsement or lack thereof either way i don't remember it well enough because honestly all i can think about now is that stupid song that played the whole time and all i could actually hear when i think of it is not them singing the song in the movie but it is my (laughs) ex-boyfriend singing the song in like a fake japanese schoolgirl accent and it sucks it's trapped in there real bad um but yeah so in these different cultures they have different it's a different scenario it's a different set of monsters okay so that's the end game. But what we what we use to get there is a team of trained scientists slash professionals to manipulate people into choosing their own suffering mm-hmm. and subsequent sacrifice. They have mm-hmm. to decide to go on the trip. They have to ignore the harbinger. Like the, because mm-hmm. one of the new guys, the new security guy comes in and he's like, you're cheating. And he's like, no, they've already made all the decisions. Now we just help them get to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, if that's going to save the world, mm-hmm. are those scientists really bad guys? That's a really good question. And that's the question they, they ask themselves. Like they understand that they are creating the suffering of others. 
mm-hmm. but they do seem to have a pretty solid grasp on the fact that like it, this is their trolley problem, mm-hmm. and this is the choice they've made. Right. Like, like, like I said, that moment where Bradley Whitford is really reflecting, like you know, if I'm, I'm kind of rooting for this girl. Like, yeah. You just think about how much she suffered, the amount of heart, tequila, right? Like, <laughs> right. You know, when you do something immense, but you do it every day. That's true. That's I that's imagine. their job, but like, that's what they're going to work to do. And anyone who's had the kind of job where someone tells you, like, oh, I couldn't do that, or, like, oh, you're an angel, or whatever, knows that, like, also, it is my, it is my job. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, I think they are bad guys, because there, it's not just the sacrifice, but they get a little bit of glee out of it. Like, they take bets on it. Yeah. It's a really macabre kinda... humor, but it seems more like a coping skill to me. As I was about to say, I think that's kind of a human nature thing. Like, when I think about the way we would joke, like, when I did work in social services, there was a lot of stuff that we joked about that other people wouldn't, and it wasn't because we didn't love the people we served. It's because our barometer got real fucked up after a while, man. Like, it's just, like, what our threshold for, like, what could be upsetting to us just had to come up, like, 25 notches to function. And the but one also, girl even tries to, like, manipulate the situation. She's like, I said zombies. And he said, yeah, but you didn't say, like, this specific type of zombie. You know? Right. Right. No, no. This so while we're zombified. talking about the betting, I, I had a question. I was confused about it. What exactly were they betting on? It sounded like monsters, but how does that apply to the current situation? Mm-hmm. Oh, they were betting on which monsters they would pick for themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but in the basement, they all had there was there were all those different themes yeah. for them to like investigate. So whichever one they kind of got to the tipping point on first would spur the monster. So they were taking bets on which object they would like pick and go all the way on because they could have like um, Kurt was almost there with the little Hellraiser puzzle box. Oh. Thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I get it. So, had they each picked up a different object, it would have been a different. It could have been. I knew monster. there was something about that guy's face, like Hellraiser or something, but I've never seen Hellraiser, so I was. Okay, I get it's it. It's not. It, he's not Hellraiser, but he looks similar. Like no, they're, they were definitely going for that. He just did. Yeah. That's the guy with all the pins in his face, right? Uh, yes, I believe in the in the Hellraiser has pins in his face. The guy that we saw with the blades, I believe, is referred to in the credits as. Mm-hmm fornicate hold on i'll pull him up but they definitely were because i've never seen hellraiser but i recognize right his 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 thing Mm -hmm. and there were definitely i even someone who's never seen that movie i knew that's what it was supposed to Mm -hmm. make you think Mm -hmm. of fornicus lord of bondage that's how he's i want to i want to get to know him you want to let the record show that Rachel sat up really high in her chair and Mary Kay sank into the floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's called so. Lord of Bondage. I mean, yeah, come yeah, no. on. Now so I'm guys. in the sunken place yeah. hiding from you. You want to have lonely and could, and horny and could definitely use a fucking Lord of Bondage right now. <laughs> you, just to be clear, you want you want Bladeface McGee to go down. <laughs> Listen, if he's Lord of Bondage, I'm sure he's Lord of a couple other things, too. Nope. I'm in What if it were place. just that? What if it were just that? What if he just tied you up and then didn't do anything fun after Like he's like Don Draper. He just left you in the hotel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, at least Don Draper would give you a dick downing before he left you. Now, Shit. suddenly, it's Gerald's game. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Let's change the subject. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm seeing red. <laughs> like, the red and the sirens and the no-no yeah, no because you're making out with from- a blade face, dude. Jesus fucking Christ. Red this everywhere. is not enough wine to erase this moment. <laughs> Swimming in your own blood. You're, like, you. pubescent blood, too. God damn. Okay, so the narrative, that's what we were doing. And if he, mm-hmm. if they're really bad guys. So we kind of said yes and no. Um, what I didn't understand, and I'm sure that there's more to this, I just didn't really work hard to piece it apart or piece it together, <laughs> is why the virgin has to die last and it doesn't matter if she dies. Because that is the trope. <laughs> like, I, I kind of felt like... For, I. I kind of got the impression as I was watching, I was like, oh, is this meant to be kind of an explanation of why our horror movies have developed the way they do? But it's not that we care whether the virgin dies or not. It's that the Titans haven't cared. Hmm. They don't actually want the virgin's blood all that much. She's just like a garnish. She's like the parsley <laughs> but I thought that of blood was offerings. Like the, when it comes to like sacrificing virgins, that's like the whole knit and caboodle of the thing. Is that their Yeah, that's blood what I was more... thinking too. But yeah, I, but apparently not for these guys. I don't know. But when it comes to tropes in horror movies, I don't think it's about the sacrificial lamb kind of blood. It's more of like, well, when we first started watching horror movies, it was like, oh, well, if you have sex before marriage, you're a whore and you deserve to no, die. No, yes. But if you're a I virgin, thought... then you deserve to live and we, we root for you. Yes. I thought that in the internal logic of this story, of this world, that perhaps our, like, that it's kind of a symbiotic relationship between horror as it develops in these cultures and horror as the Titans demand it. Okay. That maybe okay. the Titans never wanted the Virgin's blood, so we never made the Virgin suffer. We never necessarily mm. killed the Virgin, and then our stories developed that way. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that's for sure, just that it, it yeah. struck me as like, oh, that would be kind of an interesting yeah. explanation for why, like, each culture has its own, like, deities to appease. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different titans, you know? Maybe we're each assigned one, basically. Okay. Which okay. is kind of how it sounded, right? Like, that yeah. each, like these different countries Japan each have their own wins. expectation. Right. And that just because one country failed did not mean that the titans... Obviously, the titans didn't rise and destroy everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I, I, I wondered about that, possibly. I thought that was interesting. Okay. But yes, Rachel, I... 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 I agree with you in the actual development not like outside of the world of the story um okay so the, that were that was all my questions about the story um i didn't really like there weren't any like abandonments of convic- convention or anything that i needed to that would make or break the movie for me mm-hmm. i thought it was real tight it was fun mm-hmm. it was spooky at times I recommend it. Actually, this movie was recommended to me when I was teaching creative writing to gifted high schoolers. And they were like, I was like telling them about horror movie tropes. And they were like, oh, like Cabin in the Woods. And I was like, I don't know. I haven't seen that. And they're like, that's your homework. You have to go like, don't come to Mm -hmm. after school stuff. Like, go watch that movie. It's on Netflix. No excuses. So I did. And I was like, they get it. Yeah. I was like, they get it. They were great. Um, this was not the same class that wrote the Afterlives, but it was the same program. So nice, yeah, they were awesome. I think uh, it definitely struck me pretty quickly that like, oh, this is definitely the kind of movie that like writers write for themselves yeah, for fun, for sure. 
Like, this is not something that you wrote because you necessarily thought I was going to make a trillion dollars. Like, right. I could see this alienating some people as, like, not horror enough. I could yeah. see it alienating people as too much horror. There is a metric fuck ton of gore. Yeah. Um, apparently the scene that tested best was the merman. Well, with yeah. The blood coming out the blowhole. It was also so satisfying because that guy had been bitching about that fucking merman. <laughs> yeah. And that's never me. being that's, able to yes. see him. That's so me. So it was I'm a him. payoff, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's, that's how I would go in this world. I would be the dude who's bitching about how no one ever picks the merman, and then the merman kills me. Well, it's poetic justice. Yeah. I also didn't understand why all of those people that the monsters killed couldn't count. Because they hadn't suffered. I mean. Not enough. I mean. Yeah, like that. It wasn't like torture leading up to. I got you. you. Know, the horror. The okay. horror of. And they didn't choose it. It was chosen for them. So okay, I, mean, I, I just talked that's myself a big out of thing. it. Yeah. Okay. So love the story, Mary. Do you want to educate us on some of these production elements? Something that stood out to me that was a lot of fun was the um, the kind of sparse nature of the set, the cabin. The bunker where mm-hmm. the scientist religious figures are working mm-hmm. um, is like they're all kind of stripped way down to the point that they almost it reminded me of a video game. Okay. Right? Yeah. Everything if, like, is purposeful. The only, there's no extra. <laughs> there's very little clutter. Right. Yeah. Like if it's there, you should interact with it. Um, and also stood out to me and that that's not something you typically see on a, you know, big scale movie. And while this did have a relatively small budget. At first, I thought, okay, maybe it's just much lower budget than I realized. You know, most of these people weren't, like, the people who are now well-known in it weren't a big deal then. Right. Drew Goddard wasn't a big deal. I get it. Um, and then the computer animation stuff started happening, and I was like, okay, the budget wasn't that small. <laughs> this is a choice. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of reminds me of how, like, in The Good Place, everything feels... Like, tilt it, like, everything feels a little too... It's like, it looks like The Sims. Exactly. Yeah. And this felt... It's too felt intentional. Very, yes. And this felt very similar. That the cabin itself was. And I was like, that makes sense. It's a simulation. There's never been a horror movie that we couldn't relate back to The Sims. There, oh my god, true. I love that so much. <laughs> I really fucking do. Haha. <laughs> 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 Spoken like a woman who drowns her little fuckers in the pool. Look. Okay, one time I called my neighbor Emily over... To watch me kill my ex-boyfriend in the pool. <laughs> and Shut I couldn't up, figure out. No. So here's what happened. And uh, this is a little bit I'm of I'm going to take that quote right out of context. And you're going to get arrested. No. It was on The Sims. So I, she were. By the way. She's saving the world right now. She's picking up every shift at the intensive care at Grady Hospital. So say Ooh, some prayers girl. for Emily. She is a saint. And this world doesn't deserve her. Anyway, so I called her over to watch me murder my ex-boyfriend, Sim. Of course. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, so I couldn't get the pool thing to work. So I took, I made him box himself to death. Like he, I took the door out of this little room I had made for him to box in. And then he kept like wetting the floor. <laughs> he kept like pissing his pants and I kept making him clean it up. Until he died of exhaustion. It took a lot longer, but I thought I'd feel more. Yeah, making them die of exhaustion takes a hell of a long time. Well, I was mad at the time. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I'm glad you I'm, took, you, you persevered. So um, that brings me to one last thing that I did want to mention. Okay. Um, 
before we go ahead and wrap this little fucker up, mm-hmm. which is that um, something Goddard is really into doing is uh, is juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. moments where you know his in like a moment of deep focus, foreground and background are dramatically opposed. And, but the big big thing he loves to do is to cut a moment, Shakespearean style, right? Like have a joke land right in the middle of a scary thing, or vice versa. And he loves when his music and his imagery are at odds. Mm-hmm. So they're having their celebration party, tequila all around, Ario Speedwagon playing in the background. Yeah, that girl is getting dragged all around. <laughs> <laughs> getting choked out. Yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of little moments like that, like the let's get this party started. Three times. Rec- three times. Yep. And each time kind of happens in a jarring way, right? Like Bradley Whitford said, let's get this party started because they're about to torture. Kurt says, let's get this party started. And the party at that point is just disturbing. Let's get this party started actually means monsters will kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh. So yeah, I uh, just wanted to shout out that little, those couple of thematic things that he does, juxtaposition. I, I remember that being a big thing in um, in bad times as well. Yeah. Like when he does that little dance. The, the dance. The best dance I've ever seen in my life to date. Oh my gosh. My God. Yo, listeners, if y'all haven't listened to that episode, it was a good one. The movie's a lot of fun. It's a good watch. I know everyone needs good viewing material right now. Cynthia Erivo. Love her. Jeff Bridges. Love him. Chris Hemsworth does this weird sexy dance with pie. Nick Offerman uh, for a moment. Nick Offerman, briefly. John Hamm. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson knocks that role out. She of really perfect. does. Yeah. So, anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we go ahead and tie her up? I'm glad that we're running closer to a minute this time, or to an hour this time. That's awesome. One minute. One minute podcast. <laughs> well, I didn't have very much good stuff to say today because of my well, I think cabin it's pretty- fever. I think it's also like pretty cut and dry too. I think yeah, it, the movie's pretty smart, so we didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean I. You guys said great stuff. <laughs> you dragged me through this one. You carried me. Thank I you. dragged you through it like I had you on a meat hook. Sorta, or on one of those bear traps. <laughs> Wee. Yum. I did love this movie though. Thanks for letting me pick it, guys. Yeah, it was a good pick. It's a good Do we have a closing when... question? Like, which song would you hate it if it was playing when you died? Hotel California. I fucking <laughs> hate that song. I really do. Nailed it. Your turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that song. It's because I worked when I worked at Nordstrom. Nordstrom had a very limited soundtrack at the time, and that was one of the like oh, ten no. songs on it. So I just heard it all oh, the time. No. I know it's not a bad song or anything. I just hate it, and I would be offended. I keep thinking of Old Lang Syne, but I would love if that was playing if I died. What about the racist verses of the national anthem? The parts where they sang about the slaves. Wait, what? You that? You've never seen this? There's like a bunch of verses to the national anthem, several of which are like, and the slaves were slaving, and it's not good. Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Got it. Same thing. Equated. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> If that song is not playing when I die, I will burn this place to the ground. (laughs) Rachel, you win. 
You win. Now, every time, every time I get fearful for my life, I'm just going to start singing that. <laughs> so in case I die, I'm like walking through like a burned out building during the apocalypse with an axe in my hand going, where'd you come from, God? Wouldn't it be great if you took us out of this episode with like a mashup of all three of those? Oh God, that'd be beautiful. I wonder if you can do it. When I say beautiful, I mean like a fucking train wreck. (laughs) It would be an abomination. (laughs) Well, we kind of thought that about that one mashup that our old dude made for us, and that turned out awesome. Yeah, that one was great. It was like all my favorite songs. It was bossy, and it was... uh, Birthday. Birthday by Rihanna, and at the beginning was just the screaming from the horrifying hanging scene in Omen. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Rachel, tell us what we're doing next. 28 days later because it's the coronavirus keeping us inside because of the sickness. So what else are we going to do 28 days later? Okay. Where can we watch it? It is on Hulu, and the first person on this episode to, like, hear this and go and rate and review i will give you my hulu password just kidding i'm not gonna do that but (laughs) (laughs) you should still rate and review we will give you a one actually the horror scenario i that's the horror scenario i won't survive is thinking that i have accounts to all these things and not being able to log in oh or (laughs) you started a free subscription and forgetting to cancel it by the end date That is why I have CBS All Access. Because I did that for. (laughs) I did that for. (laughs) In summary. For Peel's new um, (laughs) Twilight Zone. But now I'm. The true horror (laughs) is that Rachel has CBS All Access. Listen, I get to look at Tony DeCopel's face every morning now on CBS Boston, so you guys don't know who that is, but he is the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my entire life, so yo, yo, girl, that's why girl, I haven't canceled it. my subscription, because I wake up to a beautiful news anchor who I'm totally hot for. What's yeah, his or you could just like Let's make a sim him. version of him. Let's call him. He's married. Rachel likes you. Click. <laughs> oh my god it's like a long distance slumber party um so rachel for real though can you send me that password because i do want to watch twilight zone I oh it. you can have my password 100 percent. i'm Thank gonna text you it to you eric, see you listeners you can't have it but i can eric, you should no this. eric don't cut it they need to know that i get preferential I told, treatment hey cut it after I listen said, no don't you. cut it because <laughs> listeners if you hit us up enough in my in the dms i might just send you like come on why not at least try what's Look, well, you gotta I don't know. Lose. I actually kind of like I like the artistic choice of the episode just ending suddenly after Mary Kay says, Rachel likes you, click. <laughs> okay, I'm what not recording anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what if we called him and we were like, oh my god, you're so hot. We're in the house.